This is the rundown. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. I see Vic do, you know, do his thing. But at the same time, I'm looking at, I like, I like, I always like the underdog story. So Pittsburgh not really the underdog, but as Pittsburgh going 0 and 3, like I love to see Pittsburgh come back now and go to the playoffs. Like that should be crazy. <laughs> I mean, bro, to me, like it's still doable. Like from yeah, it, it is. From I mean, like vision standpoint, because I mean, they probably should go 500 with Vic. And I say that one last night. I got to put on Mike Tomlin. Like it's just his fault. Oh yeah. It's, it's, but it's, no, you can't you can't put it all on Mike Tomlin, bro, because I feel Mike Tomlin was coming from. It got to a point, and Brian Billick said the same thing. It got to a point where there was no faith in the in the kicker, bro. So Brian Big was like, hey. I, I, don't, "I don't blame Mike Tomlin." He's like, you know, some people don't feel comfortable until they kick against out of thirty. Some people don't feel comfortable until they kick against out of twenty-five. Me personally, I want to feel comfortable if the kicker from Pittsburgh. So he got inside the ten. <laughs> He's like, so I, I don't, I don't feel bad. It's just sometimes they don't go your way, and when they don't go your way, you got to answer for them. Right, and I mean, I, I feel you on that, but my thing is, if you don't have confidence in your kicker, then I think you should go in the other extreme direction, which is go with your best player. So, that part I didn't get, and like leaving the game pretty much in Michael Vick's hands like the whole time, I'm like, it, it felt a little strange. Like, I just, I kind of assumed with having Michael Vick in, he would have definitely went to uh, Le'Veon Bell as the person to make the best decision with the ball. Now, me, myself, you can ask my old lady, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I know they finna run like a re-option. That's all I had on my mind. Like, if you're going to do anything right here to catch them off guard, run re-option with Vic on the right side and Le'Veon Bell on the left side, and then basically just... See if you can, you know, get the defender to bite, and then you can get two yards. But they went with a sweep. A Michael Vick, like a 30-something-year-old Michael Vick sweep. Where oh, you talking about that play? Yeah, that play right there. But I was looking at I was looking at my partner. Like I said, we was over here doing the, um, the video. I was looking at this shit like, what? what? What just happened? Like, I was not expecting no, like you said, a sweep with 30-year-old Michael Vick. Yes, like I, and then like even the, the the other fourth down play, he just he messed up on that one. I ain't gonna lie, like because Antonio Brown was open, and he just missed the play. And then the, I don't know, even the other one. I say the other one at the end of uh, regulation that was fourth down. That still just it didn't feel like the right type of play. Like I would have I would have ran the ball because they was all like fourth and short, like fourth and two, right? I don't know about the the pass, but I know the um the run was fourth and two. I just didn't get that, man. I, I I was just I was befuddled. And I mean I understand you just losing all faith in the kicker, but all faith, bro. Like I'm I'm not gonna be surprised if he's on the damn waiver wire next season. I mean they did trade for him. He was the third option. So I get why they did what they did, but Still, I mean, I, 
I think I gotta just take a, another chance. Like if you're gonna go for it on fourth down and not give it to Le'Veon Bell, then you might as well have just kicked it. Like I don't I don't feel like there's no in between there. I mean, you either go with your best player or you just go with the default option. Which one do you want? Like, what what other decision is there? I mean, yes, you could try Antonio Brown, but then again, you're putting that play in the hands of Michael Vick. So you either go, like I said, either you go with your best player or you just do what you always do, which is try to kick the ball. Either way, there that's the, the, the better ways to win the game because if he makes the kick, the game is over. If your best player get, makes the play, you either keep the ball, run the clock out, keep the ball, score, whatever. I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm too absolute on it, but that's I don't feel like there's no other option besides those two things. I mean, I feel you in the same way, but I guess you can look at it at a different, at two different ways. Like that's what everybody was thinking. You know what I'm saying? So maybe I feel like if they wanted to keep the ball in Vic's hands. It, that was just the wrong play call. Like the sweep, the wrong play call. The sweep was the most ridiculous. Like it, <laughs> it didn't to me. I, to me, I don't. I don't even think a read option would have been good because the read option is becoming so, so um, common now. You know, what I'm saying people learn how to defend it. But even though you got Michael Vick, but that's I what I'm like, saying though, bro. Like if you if you're going to take advantage of having Michael Vick and Le'Veon Bell, what better and play? And Antonio Brown, like you can literally do double re-option and have both of them in the backfield. Like, bruh, there's so many different ways you can switch up the re-option and like just fake it another way, have a pass option over the top. Like, bruh, it's, you could have done something there that was a little creative. So I don't know if that was yeah, just I, straight I, Todd Haley or, you know what I'm saying, or it's just, you know, Mike Tomlin right, making yeah. that call. I don't know. Bro. I think I think it was probably more tied um Todd Haley because if you really go back and You think look, he wasn't prepared like, to be on fourth down like that? No, I I don't think they're they're not prepared to use Vic's skill set. You know what I'm saying? Because they already said the the game plan won't change. You know what I'm saying? This is Vic, it's not the Vic of the Atlanta Falcons, so they're not about to build around him and change things around him. He gotta fit to them. So I don't know how how offensive play offensive coordinators playbooks look you know what i'm saying maybe they didn't have a read option play in there because you, you know big ben doesn't run, but see big ben doesn't run the read option you know what i'm saying and even though like i said i don't know what offensive of uh, offensive playbook looks like you know what i'm saying because like i said maybe todd haley just doesn't have a read option play in there you know because they don't run it it's like chip kelly has a read option play but he got somebody that cannot run it so i mean it, it can go both ways, but I just feel like the best play, the easiest play that would have got all three, you know, Michael Vick, Bell, and Brown involved is a simple play action boot. You know what I'm saying? You got true Bell, you got Bell that's going to tend to get the ball, and if you don't know, he don't get it, he can just come across and sit in the middle. You got Brown who can come all the way across, and if they don't, they got both of them. You Vick, I'm pretty sure on the play action boot to the side, you can beat the defender for two yards. And but that's that's kind of what I'm saying though, bro. Like with that that read option, you can have it be like a play action read option where you can read the defender, and if you don't, if you don't like that, you know, if he crashed down, 
Then you keep the ball, like you said, bootleg out. And, you know, you can either run it, try to get to the edge, or get it to Brown. Like, I don't, I, don't, I, I guess I'm just not a fan of the, of the um, what the hell is it called? <laughs> what, the, the read option? Yeah, just not a fan of the read option because I feel like, especially when you're playing a defense like, um, like Pittsburgh or if you're playing defense like the Ravens, we got real good technique and real good defensive players. The read option doesn't really work when they all coming downhill anyway, at your, at your ass anyway. Like, they coming downhill, oh, they're smart enough to see that the, the running back doesn't have the ball, so they keep going down here for the quarterback. Oh, I'm, boy, see, you just need it for that, for that just a second. It just the freeze them, you know, just to make them think instead of just, you know, reacting. Because when you it, you react different to you seeing Le'Veon Bell getting the ball than you do when Michael Vick is just dropping back. So like we're we're both kind of saying the same thing, but what I'm saying is like you have to use Le'Veon Bell in some capacity to get you know whatever it is you're going to do. So like the re option just gives you the most options with Le'Veon Bell. You know I ain't coach no football, but I play mad. We just gonna say that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm just giving you my thoughts. On when I'm calling plays, like this is my mindset, and I'm maybe I'm just using too much logic, but they didn't tell me that there was any like litigating factors of why they couldn't have done it besides like you saying it just might not being in the playbook, which tells me a couple things. Either one, you're not you're not prepared to adjust really fast, or two. You know, they just were trying to get some of the core things that they wanted to, and it was a very short practice week. So we should see a difference in what Vic does in the next 10 days because they're going to have a lot more time to do some things that might develop. So maybe... Oh, go ahead. Do you think it's going to be more of um, Vic developing into the offense more, or do you think it's going to be more of the offense working on um, Vic's skill set? Because if I sit back and think about it, like you said, Madden, bro, I would love to have a, a Vic of five years ago with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Like that, just having those weapons on the field, like I think I would have to utilize his skill set more than him adapting to this offense. But see, a good coach is supposed to do both things. So that's that we're going to see. We're going to learn a lot about Todd Haley right here. Because we know what Ty Haley does with most quarterbacks. But this is a situation where you're going to have to scale back your regular playbook and you have an opportunity to use the strengths of your player to adapt that playbook. So we're going to learn a lot. Like that's where I give a lot of credit to a dude like uh, Kyle Shanahan. Yo dude, you know what I'm saying? He has an uncanny ability to adapt his offense to whatever his personnel is. And I can really appreciate that. So we're going to learn a lot about Ty Haley in the next few weeks. That's what basically what I'm saying. Okay, okay. So you, you got us online already, right? Yeah, I mean, so I've been recording. I just wanted to... Uh, I was getting the levels right at first, but shit, I'm, we're going to keep that in there. Oh, no, I was just making a show because I was about to say, I was about to just keep snowballing to, like, speaking of, you know, Kyle Shanahan, how about them Falcons? 
Oh, I know you feeling good, bro. You feeling <laughs> real good. I mean, you beating up Brandon Wheaton and shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, oh, oh, was that a slick shot? Was that, I'm, was I'm just saying, shot? though, bro. Y'all feeling real good about yourself, and you know, busting Brandon Wheaton ass can usually do something to your ego. Oh, so you man, know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't all about that. It is when you look at the, the standings. Like, I don't know. I'll probably speak for Carolina Pan- Panthers fans and the Falcons <laughs> fans the most. But when you just look and you see New Orleans with an 0-3 record, you just feel so good inside. It just it makes it makes it just makes everything else that much better. So it's like three and oh, ah, yeah. But three and oh the Saints 0 3, oh my goodness, it's the best feeling in the world. It I mean, and that's let me stop. That's one of those things because for one of the rivalry, so that's you know, part of the fan in you saying that but it's also the fact that he's probably you know one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he's in your division and that's usually the best competition is the better quarterbacks in your division so that does give you a little bit more security but maybe this is just one of those cyclical things where now they like Cam is about to become one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Well, I mean, he's already there, but you know what I'm saying? Like he'll be start entering those top 10 conversations and, you know, they'll start looking for him to do more with his arm still, even though he's winning the games by his motherfucking self. Like, I don't know how much more Cam Newton got to do to get some credit, but you know, the Panthers is three and zero, and I feel like that's just big of a threat as having Drew Brees be a threat. Oh, yeah, okay, I can agree with that. The Panthers are a threat, and they are now, when it comes to this rivalry thing, it's really like taking over, sort of, sort of taking over this Saints and Falcons thing. It's just not as, the fan base of the um, of Carolina is just not as big as for the Saints. But in the division, that rivalry is starting to cook up a little bit. But, um, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just something about them Saints being on three. <laughs> it's just something. There's just something about him, man. It's just, I don't. I don't know. But like you said, that that is from a fan standpoint. But um, to get back to the Falcons, like I seen a quote this morning: the Falcons don't play a meaningful game until week eleven after they buy week. So if the Falcons keep rolling, the Falcons should be an easy nine know when they go into their buy. Mm. Shit, bro. We gonna see. Let me see something, bro. Let's see who's gonna lie on this bitch. But, what you on? I'm on uh I'm on YouTube trying to see if this oh. shit uh basically like invite itself to the hangout. If not I'll cut this part out. But yeah, I mean like y'all do have one of the easier schedules. Uh, the easiest actually. I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did say that. And that's going to really prove to be something for y'all when it comes down to uh, just the accumulation of wins. Because you can already put an L on Carolina's schedule when they got to go play Green Bay. Do you? Can you? Can you really? Bro, I'm putting it there, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't give a damn, bro. Now, no, now, now, don't get me wrong now. I would love to put it there, and I do think... It will be there. But can you honestly just sit back and like, you know what, I'm about to put an L right there. 
with Carolina's defense. And, like, bro, like all they got to do is just hold Aaron Rodgers to, like, 21 points. And I think Cam Newton can come up with 21 points. So now we're going to have a dogfight at the end of the game. Yeah. Now, that's, now, now that reason there is why I feel like Atlanta is one of the most, more dangerous teams in the league. And people, first of all, people already overlook Atlanta. Okay. But people fail to realize after these last two years, we was like on a six, seven year winning streak, winning record streak. Coming off the NFC Championship, multiple playoff appearances. Just couldn't win, but multiple playoff appearances. And I feel like, of course, we got blown out the last two years, and it's given us an easy schedule. But the makeup of our team really hasn't changed as much as far as our star players. So now with a new voice and everything coming together, I feel like we're right back in the, the elite conversation where people are just not ready to give it to us yet because we had two off years. But, uh, I mean... This is the same team playing. that two years ago... Let me stop This that. is basically the same team that two years ago people was picking to go to the Super Bowl. The year after the NFC Championship, which was two years ago, they came in saying the Super Bowl was going to be you know, Falcons and Texans, 49ers and, and somebody else. 49ers made it. Texans, I don't know where they was. Right. You you got a point there, but thing about the Falcons is you have a couple things that work because I think people still do respect the fact that you have a few things that other teams don't which is a certified franchise quarterback and shit, you have a superstar wide receiver. And the thing about y'all play was you were good enough to be in a lot of games, but it's either you won all your one possession games or you lost all your one possession games. And, and that's what it was the year after this NFC Championship. Right. Y'all just lost a lot of y'all one possession games. And it was that same year y'all went 13-3. and three. That's why I didn't believe in the Falcons, you know, going to the Super Bowl. Because usually when it comes down to that, you, you got to be on a different level than the other teams. And, you know, that's that's usually the sign. So, right now, like, Arizona is looking like one of them teams, you know, putting up, like, 40 on everybody. Like, you remember the year and the year after we went to the Super Bowl, Drew Brees was putting up, like, 40 on everybody. You could tell, oh, they look like a Super Bowl team. So, that's the thing I was looking for. Is like, when are they going to get to the point when they look like a Super Bowl team? So, because it's there. You know, you got that, that quarterback, like I said, and you just got to take that step. And now y'all got better coaching. Like, y'all actually yeah. believe in y'all coach. I feel like, personally, uh, I, I, I agree with that statement, look, looking like a championship team. And I feel like we're not far from it. You, But in the NFL's day and – I say the day and age right now, there's not too many – complete teams that's winning the Super Bowl. And when I say as far as that, I go back to Seattle. You know, I'm still not a believer in Russell Wilson like that. I go back to 
last year's New England Patriots, even though a defensive player made the game, they didn't have the best defense. Nor offense, really. They just had Tom Brady going the fuck off like he always do. Right. So I well, feel like his defense a, was strong last year, man. He had Revis and Brandon Browner. But it's like it still wasn't it wasn't what you was expecting. Like they I mean, still, bro, they, they wasn't they a shutdown defense, like no bro, but they got they yeah, had Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like they had players, but they didn't come out there shutting folks down like a Rex Ryan's Jets defense. You feel what, what I'm saying? Like they, they didn't they wasn't just shutting folks down. Well that that's because, you know, usually teams like that are weak on on the other side of the ball. Like you still gotta have Brady and you gotta be relevant enough on the offensive side for that thing to work. So that's what a team looks like when it's actually well rounded. It's got players on defense that can make plays, and you got the offense that's competent and be- good enough to morph, morph into whatever you need them to be, uh, week by week. Like, I mean, that's what I see, bro. I don't know. So you you don't think the the, the Patriots defense was all that last year? Because I think it was really good. It wasn't an all-time, but I thought it was in the, the the top half of the league, if not top ten. All right, so if that's the case, if I'm correct right now, that's where Atlanta is defensively. Okay. So so that's why when I bring that whole playoff situation up, if we, if we have a top ten, maybe even top 15 defense, and we go in there and slow down Aaron Rodgers to – 20, 21 points, whatever. We had the offense to go in there and put up 35. Mm-hmm. What makes us really dangerous. And that's all the Falcons have been needing since Mike Smith walked through the door. I'm not going to say since he walked through the door. Since Julio walked through the door. If, if we would have had a defense, any, if we would have had a defense the thir- year we went 13-3 and lost the NFC Championship, we would have went to the Super Bowl and most likely probably would have won that. Because even in the Super Bowl, I mean, Joe Flacco went off, but I feel like a Matt Ryan would have went off more than Colin Kaepernick. Right. Um, yeah, you're you probably right about that. Uh, so I feel like it's, it's our defense has been our Achilles heel. And all we, if we can just get a top 10, top 15, we're going to be in the game. We shall see. The thing about uh, what y'all got going on is how real will we know the defense is because y'all don't have that many top quarterbacks on your schedule. We have enough. You have enough to get a sample size? How many do y'all have? We, we got – we played Drew twice. You 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 giving praise to Cam, so we play Cam twice. Okay. We play Andrew, um, and besides that, I mean, I can't I can't really say anything else besides that. Because <laughs> we do we do play the rest of the AFC South, which is Tennessee, the Titans, and you Texas, said Tennessee, and the, the Titans, rest. and the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the. Um, we got the uh, NFC NFC East. We already beat three of them. Um, we got that's like um, the rest. Got Whedon. Like you, you lucked up on one of them. 
Yeah, but at the, at the same time, I feel like I feel like it still would have been a good game. I feel like really they should have still won the game. The Cowboys should have won the game, and I feel like they would have won the game if they had Tony Romo with a lead like that. But I just feel like Atlanta just balled out the second half. Like even if Tony Romo was in the game, like he would have did something. But I think Atlanta would just they would just ball in the second half. Tony Romo might have been able to put up like three points. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe seven points to keep the to keep the game a game. I don't know, bro. I mean, like Tony Romo is one of them dudes, bro. Like he made plays. I because I mean, you you right there with me, man. Because when I talk about it, it seems like you have a lot more sense than a lot of these cats when it comes to Tony Romo. So, I mean, to me, that changes everything about what the Cowboys can be. You know, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he's basically doing what Aaron Rodgers can do as far as with his receivers, which is make anybody look decent. So that's that's the thing. You know, Brandon Whedon's not doing that. Brandon Whedon was out there managing like a mug. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was the... The definition of middle management supervisor. You know, he was out there just checking on the offense. He wasn't making it. It's a difference, man. But, uh. Well, we're going. But, I mean, it's, I know in the interview he said that he seen some shots he could have took downfield. We would just cover it up. He was trying to play it safe. Exactly. Because he was. What the number one rule that Jason Garrett sent him out there with was, don't fuck up. That's all he told him. He didn't tell him nothing else. Jason Garrett didn't say, you know, you're gonna do a good job out there. I really hope you, you know, none of that. He was like, Brandon, don't fuck up. I got this. You know, and that's what he did. And that, that's pretty much what he did, man. But, but really, 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 he didn't. He threw one bad pass, which was a pick. And the rest was play caller. So if you say Jason Garrett, like, I got this, we got to put the loss on Jason Garrett's hand. I mean, yeah, because there you go. But, see, I'm still – I'm getting like my dude Kyle Hurt because he he goes with the angle that you don't blame the play calling because you don't know why that coach made that call, whether it be, you know, somebody else was not available to run that package Somebody hurt, you know, maybe Brandon Whedon is not really good in some of those situations. And, you know, they, they saw something that got exposed last time they did it. Like, I don't know what happened, but it is curious when some of those things come up. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, yeah. All right. So we did with it. No intro. I'm gonna go back and ask something later. But we gonna uh, let me cut this one because I might drop this one, and I think I want to do something with hip hop, and we might go live with that shit. Uh, 
I mean, really, it's between y'all and the Packers and the Patriots. It's one of them three. I can't put my finger on it, but it's between y'all. Just looking at the schedules, because New England's schedule pretty fucking easy to be coming off a Super Bowl. So it's they just they just keep like they just keep on rolling like they they didn't miss a step. Right. I'm telling you, it's that boy Tom Brady. He is that nigga's the business. But the other thing is, like I'm I, I'm at the point with Aaron Rodgers where I don't expect him not to complete passes. I'm to the point with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how you're gonna beat him. Like that's me. That's where I'm getting to. Like I don't understand like how you can just win when he just plays like that. That exactly, bro. Like you feel like <laughs> me. Like cause I was looking at Tom Brady. I'm like, all right. See, Tom Brady, he has a makeup where like if you just move him off the marker, you know what I'm saying? Just put some pressure in his face. Yeah, mess you know, up you, the time. You, you got you got a good chance where you if you putting up points, y'all can y'all can get it done. But Aaron Rodgers, like you moving him off the marker, just keeps him more comfortable. And then when he moves out of the market, he's not going to make a bad pass. He's going to get even more accurate on the run, in your face, down the field, the Randall Cobb, like everything. And it frustrates the hell out of me because I can't stand the Packers. <laughs> I can't stand the Packers ever since my cousin played for the Kennesaw Generals when we was like eight. And they had a G on their head with the Packers sign. <laughs> and he came home one day and seen Brett Favre with that damn sign on his head. And it's been over with since. That's crazy. Uh, Brett, it's, it's, it's just amazing, for one, that you look at a dude like James Jones. James Jones was on the Raiders, and James Jones was on the Giants. And he got cut two times. This dude... Sides with the Packers, bro. He damn near lead the league in touchdowns. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like that. That should tell you all you need to know about Aaron Rodgers, right there. A dude get cut twice and then comes to your team, and now he leads the league in touchdowns, or he's up there near at the top. Like, bro, who does that? Okay. I don't Aaron know, Rodgers, bro. <laughs> I mean, bro, they. I see people starting to talk about his playoff record and whether or not it's fair to question his playoff record, but I think it totally is because it's not the same thing as, like, most playoff records because his stats are amazing, and you could be like, well, stats don't win the game. Yeah, but neither does your tight end who gets way from the team Goes up and tries to get the onside kick when his job is to just block. Like, that's not on Aaron Rodgers. You can't put that on Aaron Rodgers, bro. Aaron Rodgers did everything he was supposed to do. Well, you know, that's just that's just what makes up the, the great quarterbacks in the league is, you know what I'm saying, championships and playoff records and stuff like that, which is really not fair. But that's what makes it up. And sometimes you just... You don't have the luck of the like set, luck of the draw. Like look all the teams that went to the Super Bowl in the NFC. That Aaron Rodgers have been at the helm of Green Bay. There's not one of them that's been better than Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, you right, bro. I mean, and that's just how it goes. Like, one to me, one of the sorriest quarterbacks in the league got two Super Bowl rings. Oh, you talking about you talking about that boy? I always, you know, I, I catch flag from from my old head because he's still on that that other that other shit. That oh, he got two rings, Eli Manning. Oh, Eli, you gotta believe in Eli. He got two rings, and I'm like, I don't care if he has two rings. I believe in Eli. You know, I'm just, hey. Let me, let me tell you something about Eli. You cannot spell elite without Eli. Eli. This is prime time talking. Prime time, baby. And I'm telling you, I believe in Eli Manning. Get out of here, bro. Like, that dude doesn't go to the playoffs unless he's going to the Super Bowl. That's scary. You know, like he hasn't been back before or since. And the thing about it is, every time he went, he had like an all-time defensive line, both times. And I'm like, you think that's a coincidence that he was able to take down Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady like every time? No. He had an all-time defensive line. Like they never had to blitz, ever. You just sent four dudes, and you always had seven in coverage. Like, that's pretty hard to beat. It's crazy, bro. It's just – it's crazy. But it's, going back to Aaron Rodgers, man, it's just – it's just the luck of the draw when it comes to the playoffs. You know? It's, yeah. When it comes to the playoffs, it's not a 16-game season. It's, it's a one and done. It's not, bro. You, you, you don't go undefeated in the season. You know what I'm saying? And it just it just happens, man. It just happens. Now, you remember when I came over there and we was talking about uh, that year that New Orleans was about to go back and they got stopped by uh, San Francisco. Uh-huh. And that was the year San Francisco had uh, Alex Smith and he got met by Eli Manning. Yep. And the thing about that game was if New Orleans was to win it, they would have got Eli Manning at home, and he didn't have a shot in hell in winning that because they had just blew their doors off on Monday night. And it was obvious why, because at the time, the way Sean Payton had the, the offense set up, there were just so many mismatches in the middle of the field, and they couldn't get them. Like, there was no way New York could beat New Orleans. And it's so funny how, like you said, when it just shakes out like that, you get Alex Smith instead of Drew Brees in a NFC championship. Like, that's something, bro. That's, you know, it's it's all about the matchups. And, man, you know, you can take down Alex Smith with a front four because he ain't had nobody to throw to but Vernon Davis. So, of course, they're going to get that game. And then on top of that, you get lucky by having a dude drop two punts that don't never really drop punts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's like you it's the luck of the draw. It's it's a total crapshoot. You know, that's why I like when they be picking these games and uh you know on TV doing all this analysis, you know, all they even played in the league for twenty years, Hall of Famers, coaches, nobody know shit. Cause everybody getting it wrong. 
everybody getting it wrong, bro. That's what, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's so arbitrary sometimes when we get to these discussions. But, man, it's just like, look at just how things just are pure luck by the end of the season. Yep. It is wild, man. Pure luck, bro. Shit, bro. Like, because if, if you really just think about the NFL and, like, the dominant teams, there's no reason why these teams shouldn't be in the Super Bowl every year, winning the championship every single year, the same two or three teams. But it don't shake out that way. Right, because you got injuries. You got, you know, bad calls, <laughs> bad behavior. Uh, you know. Oh, you know what? That's my bad. I'm trying to cut you off, man. What's that? Well, I mean, we can switch I, it up. We've been talking NFL for like 40 minutes. No, I was just going, I was looking at that. You said bad calls. <laughs> I was going back to that Des Bryant catch, right? And I really looked at it like yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, they had something on NFL Network about the Cowboys, and I was really just watching the catch. And if that wasn't one of the worst calls in NFL history, and the reason I say that it was even worse than the Calvin Johnson is because you clearly see him slightly. I can't say you clearly. He caught the ball, and he was stretching. Like, yeah, so you you slight you slightly see that, but if you look at the ball when it hit, the ball never touches the ground. It's all his forearm, and he rolls his forearm over and catches the ball and like puts the ball in his chest. But the ball itself never touches the ground. So even if you don't think he was making a move or stretch or whatever, I mean it was a fumble or he recovered it, the ball didn't touch the ground. Right, I think. All right, this this is what's gonna have to happen. They have to redefine what a football move is, because I, you go back to the Tyler Eifert joint from last week. It's it's really obvious that he caught the ball, and he was trying to stretch for the goal line. Like you cannot say that that dude didn't catch the ball. Like he cradled the ball. And stretched it out, and because after he broke the plane, he fell and the ball bounced, it wasn't a catch. Like, I have no idea what a catch is anymore. Like, I knew for about 20 years or so what a catch was in the NFL. I no longer have any idea. It's, I feel like, I mean, we're kind of going off. We're probably going to reboot here in a second, but to say this last thing. <clears throat> I feel like they're trying to make the NFL so safe and so, I don't know, fan-friendly that they're taking out parts of the real element of the game. Because I remember back when you get you get the prone throw to you, you catch it, no matter if you catch it for two seconds. If the ball is in there and you secure the ball and you get blasted and drop it, it's a fumble. You know what I'm saying? So... Then making it a football catch and making it having to catch it and do two steps and all this other stuff, it just parts the water out of the game. So them, them, them context won't, you know what I'm saying, them certain hits won't happen. And I bring it to the point where I had a conversation with my friend last night where he said he didn't want his son to play football. And he said because of, you know, dumb hits and, 
and people doing dumb stuff and there's no un- unnecessary hits. Like he's he talking about the Alabama quarterback, how he got blasted last week out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Just for no reason. I'm like, man, that's, that's part of the game. You know what I'm saying? He, your son got to be ready if he's a quarterback to keep his guard up. The Alabama quarterback didn't have his guard up, and he's the quarterback. So, if you get a free hit on the quarterback, you're going to get a free hit on the quarterback. That's the one position where people want to slight his ass up for no reason. And it came, and then next, you know, another show came on NFL Network, was Title Town, and we were seeing these high school kids. And I'm, I just, I really just realized, like, you got to be built for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't. You can't just say, oh, I want to play football. Yeah, I like playing football. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm big. I'm tall. I'm fast. I can got an arm. No, you have to be built for this lifestyle. That mindset. Like, everything, bro. Like, the mindset, your body. You put so much. I've been thinking like, about that, too, bro. Like, you you got to. You got to get your mind ready. You got to get your body ready. You got to. It's, it's everything. It's physically and mentally exhausting. And I don't know, I kind of forgot what we were talking about, where we came from, but like that point there, just you got to be about that life, bro. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of just jumped into it, but I mean, to to piggyback off of that, it's a couple things because um, I'm a big Dan Levitar fan, and he's always talking about the thing that we're watching every day, which is we're watching people basically put their lives in danger going through the equivalent of just running into garage doors, you know, at full speed with pads on every time they get hit. <clears throat> and I already like, I don't really need my kids playing football because I don't think they're going to need to, like they could do other things and get scholarships. So I don't think football is going to be one of them, but I mean, it is what it is. Like, it's a way to get free education. And, you know, it, it's exploitation d- disguises education in the college ranks of things. But once after that, it's like, you know, you're basically trading, like, health for money. Because there's some type of, you know, trade-off that you're making right there. And, you know, it's a little conflicting knowing, you know, these dudes be like, breaking their spines and shit just watching it you know that shit is crazy you know but it's it's just part of the game like you said you got to be built to take on some of that and you know that's why i'm curious to see where this gonna go like in the next like 20 years i feel like it's gonna just be like the poorest of people getting involved in the sport yeah like it's it's a i gotta i gotta like see it for, like, you know, just who's still going to be letting their kids play football? You know what I'm saying? Because it's still going to be an avenue to get out of your situation. So, I don't know, bro. But, uh, yeah, man, we're going to shut this one down. Um, I don't know if you want to do another session of it or whatever, man. But we'll talk about that in a minute. In the meantime... You can guess the show at The Rundown South on Twitter, therundown.com. You got to know that. I'm at CL, the main event on Twitter. That's at Easy's Life on Twitter. Uh, you got anything else you want to say before we get up out here? Uh, it's, it's everything. At me, at me, at me, Easy's Life. Like you say on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
Google me. You know what I'm saying? I, I got the new Madden over here. So if you want to get on PlayStation Network, I bust your ass. Easy's life on that too. Let's just get it. Follow me on um on on, on what's the thing, bro? Para Periscope. Periscope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Follow, follow me on, on, Peri- on Periscope. You know what I'm saying? At Easy's life. Y'all don't know what it is. Download the app. Follow me. I'm live in HD every day, all day. I don't know, man. Can can you get a like a a non camera phone to be your camera? Like, can you use Periscope on the computer? Like, how does that I work? Got, like, I don't, I don't know, bro. We gotta talk about that. We, the rundown might be coming to Periscope soon. You know what I'm saying? It might be live on three different channels. Gotta know that. Hey, let's get it, man. And uh, and after that, we out to peace. <laughs>